0: Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. This week, I am excited to be joined by a really badass woman who kicked ass at the Swami Shuffle this year and who I was delighted to get to meet. Sally Hernandez is a really powerful runner, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Sally, you ready to go for a run? Yes. Awesome. OK, so, Sally, tell us the boring stuff. You know, what do you do when you're not out running 100 or 200 miles or further? Because
1: we just moved to Kentucky. We're retired military. So we just got here. Um, I do tutoring and classes online for uh, nursing students that are getting ready to take their end class. It's a certification to become a nurse. Like you go through all the classes, and then you have to pass this really scary. It's a scary test, and the fail rate can be kind of high. So basically, I get contracted out. I guess I would be considered an independent contractor. Okay. I get contracted out by colleges. They refer students to me. I get paid to basically tutor them to get them ready to pass the end class because you know the test is pretty expensive. So if you fail it, you have to pay for it again, usually oh, out of your wow. own pocket. Yeah. Ouch. So, yeah. So basically I get them ready to to take the test and That's it's awesome. just thousands and thousands of questions that get shuttled through on a computer and you don't know what you're going to get. It's random. I was lucky. I passed mine on the first go around. So, wow. and then so COVID you, hit. Are you a retired nurse? I am actually no I'm not I am I actually retired from the military then I stayed at home for a little bit with my kids then I started teaching because I have a degree in teaching so I started teaching school then you know my husband was still active duty so we moved around quite a bit and then when we moved around you know sometimes when you move somewhere it's hard to get a job or you need new certifications per state so I decided to go back to school when we got to San Diego for his last duty station because I had a child in elementary, one in middle and one in high school. Oh, wow. So trying to get a job to sit there. And we lived on base, and there's no public transportation that goes on base to get the kids. So basically, I had to drop them off. So I went back to school to get my RN because the Marine Corps paid for it. Yeah, I got the post-911 GI Bill, and they paid for my school.
0: That's awesome. So how many years did you do in the Marine Corps? I did 20. 20. That is amazing. And how many years did your husband do? He did 30, Third 30. Wow.
1: He did 30.
0: Wow. That is awesome. Thank you both for your service. That's amazing.
1: I wow. Yeah. 50 years, 50 years between us.
0: I know that's I'm just sitting there. I'm like mind boggled going, wow, that's a lot of Marine Corps experience right there.
1: Yes. So how is. old are your kids now? My last one is in high school right now. She's a senior. So she's 17. Basically, they're 17, 19, And 21. Okay. had to think about that right now. And are all
0: of them in Kentucky or spread out?
1: I got two in Kentucky and one going to college out there in California.
0: Okay. All right. So how did you start running? Was it a Marine thing or how did this all start?
1: Actually, it started when I was growing up. I always ran. Um, I did cross country and track. Then in my senior year in high school, I ran my first marathon, the Honolulu Marathon. Oh, wow. So that was my first marathon. I went from running just cross country out in the fields there in Hawaii. And then I said, I'm going to run the Honolulu Marathon. And I
0: went out and ran it. That is also as a high school senior.
1: Yes. So did you grow up in in Hawaii then?
0: You grew up in Hawaii then? Yes. Okay. Were your parents military? or the? uh,
1: My dad was. Retired uh, Navy. He was in the Navy.
0: Okay. The better service.
1: Nah. Well, right, Navy. I'm ex baby i'm sorry hard. i
0: just i had to throw that out there i have that's so quite. many marine friends but yeah okay <laughs> i'll stop i'll behave myself from now on no
1: that's quite all right it's <laughs> funny
0: that's awesome so from honolulu marathon when did you join the marine corps then I'm in
1: 1988
0: so shortly after yeah, i'm old i'm old no you're not I call as old myself
1: as the, my friend we call myself I always say old lady running here Old lady, yeah yeah
0: you, you got you got a couple of years to catch up to me Sally so you're still young <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get started running was it just something just sort of you gravitated to or what
1: yeah because it's freeing when I was younger it's always you know when you're young and you go out there and you run remember you just plow across somebody's yard and you can just run forever and then you just collapse and lay down and it's Then you get up and you do it all over. And it's always been that sense of freedom to me, I guess, just to be able to go out there. It's always out there. And I always tell everybody, I I mean, you could break up with the road and trail and say, I'm never doing it again. And you quit and you think and you just don't go back out for a long time. But when you do go back, it always welcomes you back with open arms.
0: Exactly. It's it is amazing, isn't it? The way running is just that. It just embraces you. And yes. that's why you can't ever. I don't see how people stop running. Right. Yeah. You because know, it's just it's it's enchanting to me. It's like every yeah. run is something different.
1: Exactly. It's a new journey. Every time you go out there, it's it's never the same ever. Right. I mean, I can run the same route in my neighborhood every day of the week, but every day I encounter different things out there or there's something going on. And it's it's just it's amazing. It's just amazing.
0: Yeah. I love it. It's amazing. So how did you get into the ultra running scene? Because, you know, marathon to ultra running isn't that isn't that big of a jump, but it is sort of a big jump.
1: Well, I guess I kind of was doing it because when I was in high school, we used to do this thing back then. It was called the Oahu perimeter relay. And we it was kind of like what they do a Ragnar now where you get together with a bunch of people and you, we would run around the island. So, basically, even back then, I guess I did a Ragnar-style ultra, you know, 37 that miles. That sounds
0: but fun. So, you ran, you just relayed around the island.
1: Yes, with all the other high schools and other people. It was just a thing they put on every year in Oahu before it became like a Ragnar. And this was in 1982 when I did that. So, that was even before, basically, I even ran the marathon. That was what okay. made me decide to run the marathon. I also didn't even really know what ultra running was or anything like that until I... After, I guess, after the Gulf War, um, then I got stationed in uh, California. I went to El Toro okay. and I met up with some amazing people over there that that were out running in the running community. And one person would see me running around the base, which our base was, I think it was like 12 miles and I would run it about every other day during lunchtime. And he, he asked me if I'd ever ran out on the trails and I said, oh, yeah, I used to do it all the time out in Hawaii, but I'd never been out anywhere in california and they took us first place i went was actually the holy gym trail out there
0: wow near lake elsnore that must have been a
1: blast and that was when i met like kent street steve harvey mike wonsberger and uh ken bergman i mean a lot of great yeah i was gonna say
0: the legends the guys that made ultra running ultra running especially on the west coast
1: yes and that was when i actually first got into it and it was amazing. I was like, man, I can go out there and run for hours out in the middle of nowhere. And it was just exciting and fun. And from there, it just kind of led. But, you know, still being in the military, I was still being stationed in a lot of different places. So I would kind of come and go and then have to make do wherever I was at.
0: Right. So you, you're you doing this while you're still active duty military, which yes. is quite the feat to be able to yeah. you know pull off ultra marathons while you're still active duty. You said you were in the Gulf. Was that the first
1: Gulf War or the second? Yeah, the first. I was in the Gulf, okay. oh, actually. I did the first one. That was in the 90s. I was actually out here. We were over in Nellis Air Force Base when when that started to go south when they recalled us. And then I actually went out to – we were actually in the airport in Jabal for a while before we went to Bahrain. So I was out there for about nine months. Wow. A lot And of I used plenty. to run – and it's funny, too, because I got pictures, and I used to run around the base out there, too. Then I'd be in the flat jacket with the gas mask and my rifle and fully <laughs> weighted down, a
0: little a little bit like weighted down like Swami's, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Oh God, pretty much, yes. yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Not 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 quite as heavy for Swami's, but yeah, that's crazy. So what was your very first official ultra marathon race?
1: They don't even have it anymore. It was a ridge run out in Poway. That was my very first one, and that was—I want to say—that was probably in '92, maybe. Okay. '93, because I think it was before. Because after that, then I went to Iwakuni for for two years. So I was out of country and over there. So obviously I was somewhere else. But I did run around Miyajima Island when I was out there.
0: Oh, <laughs> that—that's amazing. It was wow. fun. That's and
1: climbed Mount Fuji before they had the race around it.
0: Okay, so you've gone all the way to the top of Fuji.
1: I've climbed up it, yes. We went with a bunch of Marines up there, yes.
0: That would have been cool.
1: It was cool. It was really neat. I think the highlight was just getting that stick, and every time you hit one of the stops, they put a stamp on it.
0: That is awesome. I've heard about it.
1: Well, Mount Fuji race is actually on my bucket list. Is it? Yeah, I've been collecting points. I was collecting points. I had um, just slightly over 10 points right before COVID hit, and then they froze everything, so I don't know – since that was a couple of years ago, and you know, you have to keep it kind of updated because then points right. drop off as the years progress, those UTMB and UTF points. Yeah. So now I'm kind of wondering, I probably need more races to get more points. But I'm doing also the third circle. So I got that one going too. Yes. So yes. that
0: means you've already done Vol State yes. and HOTS. Yes. How many times have you run Vol State and HOTS?
1: Just one each. There's just so many out there. There's right. So many races.
0: Yeah. What was Vol State and HOTS like?
1: kind of like Swami laughing and a lot of WTF moments, like laughing, like literally trudging along and I, for no, and I would just stand there and I'd be like, I would go in some place and somebody would look at me and you're standing there and you're like, and you'd start laughing and you're like, yeah, I know what I look like. Cause you touch yeah. a glimpse yourself in that, in like a mirror or the glass, you know, isn't that horrifying? <laughs> yeah. Kind of like during Swami, when you would go somewhere, I walked into a realtor's office and I thought he was going to pass out and kick me out the door. <laughs>
0: I got kicked out of Sanderling this year.
1: Oh, did? <laughs> and when I left, I was like, I was laughing because
0: I was like, "Oh my god, I just smelled myself." Yes, if I yes. if I would have
1: <laughs> if I would come upon somebody like that, I would have kicked him out too.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, wow. so <laughs> it yeah. is,
1: yes, and that's totally what this is because it's a longer one, and by then I had like, you know, those salon paws, little stickies. Yes. I must have had a hundred of them up and down my <laughs> legs. Every time something got sore, I smacked this long you just <laughs> snapped
0: one on. That is awesome.
1: That is so you're awesome. You're yes, and you just look, and you're wearing the same clothes, and you, and then you're like, man, man. Yeah. And you, you just have – you can't even explain it to somebody. Yep. <laughs> it, no, it is funny. So it's, you need to go okay. – yes, you need to sign up. But see, Vol State is different from HOTS. HOTS is – you get the course the night before. Like Okay you're out all of a sudden it comes in through an email and everybody's scrambling trying to download it on the best app. How do we get it? Where's it going through? They're trying to plot all their stops. I was like, you know what? I'm winging it because it's going to hit me as it comes up. And if I try to plan it, because I am one of those, if I try to plan stuff too much and it doesn't go according to my plan, I'll freak Bad out. Day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you're really good at these long races.
1: Um maybe (laughs) no you you really are
0: I I just admire the way that you do them and you know like this year you know I saw you on your way back from the lighthouse and everything and you know chatted with you a little bit yeah you're just so positive and you know just it's I I don't know what it is what what is it about these things that they seem to energize you for some
1: reason because it's unknown it's okay. the unknown. It's always what is out there and how am I going to get here and what am I going to do when this comes up? And you can't control it. It's the one thing that you literally, it's in your hands at that moment what you do. That's the only way you can control it is at that moment. You can't control it in the future. You can't control what just happened behind you. It's as I'm standing in this spot, I can control what is around me right now but nothing else. And then once you leave that spot, it's unknown. That's awesome. And it is amazing when you think about it. Cause I would sit there and say, okay, I'm not even going to worry about it. I have this much water. So when I, an hour from now, when I get to here, this is what I'm going to get. Okay. And you just kind of play it by that. And it, like I said, and a lot of laughing, a lot. So much I laugh. Yeah.
0: Soon I'll and be walking end- over the Bonner Bridge and soon and, I'll be yeah. walking over Jug Handle. And
1: oh, yes. <laughs> that bridge was long. I oh hated it. My God. Jug
0: Handle was awful. It was shorter than the other one, but it was awful.
1: It was. I don't know the first Nope, that P Island bridge. Yes. Nope. I had a P so bad going across. And then there was, and I hit it during the daytime. So there was literally nowhere to go. Yeah. So as soon as I came off, I had a clump of trees right there on the side. That's why I said at nighttime, running at nighttime is like the best.
0: Yeah. So how do you manage your sleep on, on these long runs like this? What do you do? Um,
1: I actually take, a bunch of like little breaks, not like a big chunk. The first day I got all the way up near the comfort Inn Cause I said, that's where I'm going to go. Okay. And I know I'll be okay. So I got there. They let me charge my stuff in there. I actually went into like a little cubby on the side over there. Right. And I actually got in in probably about two good solid hours. Wow. And then I came out and the lady, they had like little bag things. So she gave me some bananas and oranges and a couple bagels. Oh, that's so incredible. Wow. All of that in my pack. And I was like, hey, can I leave a tip or something for you guys? So I left him a tip. Awesome. And then um, and then I just proceeded on my way. Then got all the way up by the Liberty because I made it that whole stretch. Okay. Got to the Liberty. I took about another hour break there in the morning. I had croissant and egg sandwiches refilled and so I can make that final push. Cause yep. I got to the lighthouse. Yeah. That evening I got to the okay. lighthouse that afternoon or something. Yeah.
0: And then did you take a sleep at the lighthouse or did you um, just actually I came?
1: back Well, I turned around and got back to that one little town right there. And then okay. I took another break for about two hours. I got to the food line cause I like fruit cups and okay. sandwiches. So I got some of that and then I actually went into the post office there and hunkered down probably for about two hours. Okay. And then I said, okay, I need to make that big stretch because I knew the rain was going to come in and I knew it was going to come in pretty hard. And I yep. still got caught in it. Yeah, I got caught in it. Because that was when I saw everybody when I was coming through that dead stretch, you know? Yeah,
0: boy, that was fun. <laughs> uh,
1: did you get caught in the rain too?
0: I did not get caught in the rain. I actually got a hotel in Buxton and slept in the hotel. Now, I'm not going to do that the next time because right. I, it was wasted money and sleep. I yes. got horrible yes. sleep. Yes, I was like, no, I'm doing what everybody else is doing and just finding a cubbyhole. Now, I understand that the Avon post office is a one star post office.
1: Yes, because I went there the last time because they have a table and I went underneath the table. That's where I stopped the last one. Right after I got caught in the rain, I went there. I had to change, you know, get dry, get, you know, try to do my feet. Yep. I was like, man, my shoes are stopping wet. So I put my feet after I changed my socks when I slept there, probably there for about maybe two hours, two, three hours. Okay. And then I put my feet in those envelopes, you know, the plastic (laughs) envelopes. No,
0: you did not.
1: I did. And then I stuck them in my shoes, right? Right. So that my clean, nice, dry socks would not get nasty again. That's (laughs)
0: funny.
1: And you know, (laughs) how far did you go with them? I went by about a mile down the road, and I said, my feet are too cramped. So then I w- saw underneath this building, somebody had some pallets, and it was in that shrink wrap. It was bright green shrink wrap. Right. So I went under there, and I grabbed, like, two little pieces, like saran wrap, and I saran wrapped my feet, and that was better. That's funny. And oh I had green stuff coming out of my shoes. And then, you know you're those emergency safety blankets? Yes. I wrapped myself in that, and then I put my jacket on over it, so then I was, like, puffed up in there. So now I have silver shooting out of my arms and my neck. And then my feet had green fluffy.
0: (laughs) You had to be a sight. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) When I was walking in places, I know I look completely nuts.
0: That is awesome. Oh, my gosh.
1: But I was warm. I was so toasty warm.
0: Right. Right. Now, on the third day, when it got really, really hot, were you already through like Neg's head and all that?
1: Um, yes, that would have been on, let's see, Sunday, Monday, that would have been Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. I was coming through on down into that part. Yes. Okay. So I wasn't in anything. I was more in like the little town, the little village, but you know what? I still had my tights on. I just wore a, I still had a thin shirt on. I was actually very comfortable with my whole clothing choice.
0: Yeah, I had thought about you know I had shorts underneath my sweatpants and everything, and I kept yeah. thinking I'm going to take my sweatpants off. But every time nope. I do, the wind would pick up, and I yes. just say nope. I'm just leaving them on. I'm comfortable. I don't yes. care. Yeah, just yeah, did it.
1: I did so. the same thing. I kept I had shorts like biker shorts under my tights, and I was like, you know what? I'm comfortable. My tights are doing fine, and I had two long sleeve shirts, a thin one and a thicker one, and then I had my jacket. And I just kept a thin long sleeve on. It kept the sun off, off of my arms and stuff like that. And I was actually very, I was not overheated at all. I was very comfortable.
0: So what was the, what would you say the best part of the race for you was this year?
1: Well, actually getting to see the lighthouse in the daytime and not have like clouds over it and actually being able to take a picture. That was it. Cause last time I, I ran it the first year they had it. And when I hit it early, early morning, like four in the morning or something like that, five in the morning. And I was running through that. You know, when you come around that little parking lot where the bathrooms are and you have to go by to the fence to take a picture. I got lost. (laughs) Well, I was running and I couldn't see the ground and I literally face planted. Oh, no. I remember thinking, thank God nobody's here because I totally, like, bit it.
0: Oh, It was funny. So you got to see it in the day this time. So that was a big highlight.
1: That was it. And just meeting – Like you guys and Sergio and Andrea and just, you know, and also seeing Amy just meeting other wonderful people out there. I mean, it was amazing. This group out here was so dedicated and just everybody had their own reasons and their stories. And it was really neat. You know, that's why I like doing these because you get to spend hours with somebody.
0: Exactly. What is your favorite all-time race that you've done?
1: Okay, this, you're going to laugh. The Baja 50K, I'm telling you, is in Mexico. They literally they don't do switchbacks like so when they put a race and they say we're going from point a to point b and then over to here right literally run that straight line so if it goes straight up the mountain you go straight up no i kid you not i slid down that on my ass laughing because i kept thinking i was going to pitch forward and just roll down it but so it's it's literally point to point well, actually, it's it's not. You kind of do this big loop, go up a mountain, and you come through this rocky minefield with these roller coaster rolls that I was literally sitting there laughing my butt wow. off as people were trying to run through it. Um, <laughs> it was I'd never done anything. That was just amazing, and it was hard. It was really hard. So I think that was one of my favorite ones. And okay. I'm trying to think of a another one. That one and Blood Rock. I have to say Blood Rock in Alabama. Okay. All right. I fell so many times. I bro- actually broke my foot when I was out there. No I way. got a hairline fracture on my foot right after about mile 60.
0: Wow. And finished.
1: I did. I just taped it up and kept going because I'm there like, you know. I want that buckle because it has that skull on it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ultra runners are weird. Yes. You figure out tape fixes everything, right?
1: It does fix everything. We taped it. They had a medic there and he goes, well, I think it's broken, but he goes, if we tape here, here, and here, because it was near the top part of my foot, Right. he goes, you should be okay.
0: That's awesome. That's and I awesome.
1: started laughing. And my mantra is if it doesn't get any worse and it stays the same, then I'm okay. And I'll deal with it after.
0: Yep. So I always have in my, in my pack, I always have a popsicle stick that has, you know, regular medical tape, but then it also has a good skein of duct tape on it. And everybody is always like, why duct tape? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. it'll fix anything. Okay. You get a shoe problem. Yeah. You, know, you yes. can fix it. Or mm-hmm. like Joey this year, was it Joey Lictor that. Yes. That
1: and he taped his, his, taped his pants, pants. Up with duct tape.
0: <laughs> yeah. So duct tape, it's, it's, it's the magic elixir of crazy runners.
1: Yes, and that goes back back in the day, because I remember back in the 90s, and we would do these runs and these races, and we didn't have, like, packs with the bladders and stuff like they have now, and they were like, Ultimate Direction had that one fanny pack type of one with the two bottles that set on your hips. Okay, I had one like that, and I used to put my sandwich in there and my two water bottles and... And I remember one time I broke a water bottle and we rolled into an aid station. They had one of them ketchup bottles that okay. they were throwing away, rinsed it out. And I put water in a ketchup bottle. There you go. The... And then awesome. we used to make handles. You know how before they came out with the grip handles? We yes. used to make them with koozies and duct tape.
0: Exactly. Because it you helped. Put, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You that put a koozie
1: awesome. on there and you tape duct tape. So it keeps yep. the bottle in there. And everybody's like, really? A koozie and duct tape? I am said, I swear to God, that's how we did it back then. Hey. I could have.
0: Patent it and made money. That's right. The things that we could have done. Everybody's sort of looking at these adventure runs, journey runs is Joey Lichter's term for them. What would you recommend to people that are looking at doing their first
1: one? I would say the Swami is a good one because it's a little bit shorter or Volstate. Jump in okay. and see if you can't get into Volstate. state has Vol got a lot of road angels that will help you out. A lot of veterans. You can get the course ahead of time. You know, John Price wrote a book and he has the whole course mapped out on his book so you would actually get to see it ahead of time so for those that like to plan it instead of just kind of winging it you can you'll have that and there's plenty and you got plenty of time you got 10 days and they're doable
0: that's awesome so sally's dream race what is it
1: okay i have mount fuji i want to do mount fuji i've been trying for that one to get in before the whole COVID thing so i was racking up points so pretty much that one
0: And how many points do you need to have to get in that one? uh,
1: To get into the lottery, you need 10 points, 10 or more. And I had that, but I think I dropped a couple points because like, you have to have new qualifications every couple years. So I think I need to go back and I need to pick up another race or two. Okay. Um, Or the Barkley.
0: Going on as we speak. Yes. So, So,
1: yes, I would like to go out there and, and at least laugh my way through maybe a fun run on that one or maybe the whole thing if I could.
0: That would be fun just to experience Barkley. All right, so I understand that you are part of a jarhead team going to Badwater this year.
1: Oh, yes, 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 yes. And I'm super excited.
0: I am so excited for you guys. You guys are going to have so much fun.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: To take us out, since you are a retired Marine, you got to take us out in true Marine fashion with the best Rah you've got.
1: Are you kidding? I
0: haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> Come on, man! You don't ever forget this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hooray! That is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. That's it for this week's episode of Living an Ultra Life. Thanks for listening.